the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning, Cleveland. You're listening to the Bob France Authority. Pete Kersnell substituting for Bob France. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Bob's regular Tuesday guest. I've been on for four or five years now. I also host the Kersnell Report heard on this station five times daily. I'm a, an attorney and I'm the longest service serving member on the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. You also may have seen me on Tucker from time to time and buy the books. I'm a thriller author, Target Omega, Second Strike. Second Strike comes out in paperback in May, along with the soon-to-be-released The Black Russian. Buy them for everybody you know, including the creepy guy in the gym. He needs to read these things. Buy one and send one to Joe Biden. This is a guy who maybe can learn how to read, maybe get a little bit brighter. We'll talk about him, I hope, at some point uh, this morning, but before we do that, Kate from Vermilion has been holding for, I think, since the last presidential election. So I want to go to Kate as soon as we possibly can. Kate, are you there? Hi. Yes, I am. Thank you for taking the call. Listen, um, first of all, I want to say up front that why is Biden head in the polls? I believe it's because the moderate Democratic Party, and I've been saying this before he was even thinking about getting in the polls, he's high in percentage because more of the moderate people do not want to go far left, so they would prefer Biden. That's it. He can win. He really can win as far as the nomination goes, I believe. But I do want to say that there is a problem with his reputation because I happen to know someone who personally worked to detail when he was vice president. And, um, you mean the Secret the, Service detail? Secret Service detail, yes. And um, she has since left it. But anyway, long story short, was um, he liked to take his late-night swims. And he always did it in the nude and always preferred the women guards there. And they were very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And so he 
he obviously, this is more than just a huggy, touchy, old-time feeling person growing up like that from the old days. I, I think really seriously, he does have a problem. And I think a lot of this is going to come out um, because, you know, I think the far left is going to want him to be out of the race because they want to get more progressive, someone progressive in there. And I think they're going to really bring this kind of stuff up because guess what? Some of that information I know for a fact is true. In fact, when she told me this about five years ago, I remember her saying, watch when they have the people being congratulated and, and uh, as new coming in, incoming senators. Um, watch because he loves to hug and, you know, really um, welcome the women. And I started paying attention on, on uh, the coverage being sworn in. And that really is kind of true. He, his reputation has preceded him for a long, long time now. I have to give him a credit for bravery because he has to know that's following him. He has to know. Yeah, well, bravery is one explanation. There are a host of other explanations. Well, exactly. In his part, it would be bravery because yeah. everyone else knows that he does have some sort of problem. He really does. And, I mean, the poolside thing, when, when she told me that, none of the women wanted to work that part, the detail, when they knew it was going to be nighttime and, and he would be going for a swim. So that that those stories are true. I believe them because of what I know firsthand. So, right, right. Well, you know, um, Kate, we've heard those stories for the last few years now, and now we see him with photos with multiple women doing kind of cre- and when I mentioned buying a book for creepy the creepy thing. guy at the mm-hmm. gym, uh, you know, I was, maybe maybe that guy fits the description, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. his his policies are not right for America. But more importantly, look at what Joe Biden has done in the course of his very 30-plus-year illustrious career in the mm-hmm. Senate and as vice it, president. Yeah. Um, you know, this is an individual who's really done virtually nothing except bloviate and doesn't bloviate very well. Hugh Hewitt, I know, calls Joe Biden slow Joe, and there's a reason for that. I've been mm-hmm. up here before Joe Biden at Senate Judiciary Committee when he was on the committee on multiple occasions. And um, this is a guy, I, I tell people this, and again, I don't use pejoratives. I try not to toward people uh, because my mother raised me better than that. But when it comes to public figures like this, and especially somebody who aspires to be the president of the United States, these kinds of details are important. Joe Biden is not a very smart man, and I, and I mean that in all sincerity. I, I uh, this is an individual who had to plagiarize, who had problems in law school, who every time he has um, aspired toward higher office has had a glitch related to something really dumb, not marginally dumb, but really dumb he's done. And I think he's going to have multiple gaps during the course of the election cycle. Yes, he currently is the front runner. The minute he steps in, the former vice president, he and Bernie Sanders will be neck and neck. In fact, if you look at Drudge this morning, there's one of their quote unquote shock polls that say that Biden has an eight point lead on Trump. Don't believe that. I mean, that's typical. And I don't believe that for one minute. Right. No. I mean, first of all, you can't believe the media these days. But second of all, put that aside. It is typical for somebody who's been expected to come into the race to all of a sudden have stellar numbers when they first announce, and then it begins to drop precipitously thereafter. Mm -hmm. So this is just a momentary bump on his part. I'm not particularly concerned about that. And can't you just wait to see what nickname Trump applies to him? That will be exciting. I'm just waiting for that. We should have a lottery. See who can come closest to picking what Trump uses to identify Joe Biden. Slow Joe, that's nice, but I think Trump will come up. He's the master at branding. I remember 
during the course of the primaries when he would call, you know, uh, Marco Rubio, Little Marco, and, uh, you know, Low Energy Jeb. And I thought, well, those are really goofy. Those are, those are really dumb. But they stuck. And you still remember them more than two yeah. years later. He's a master at doing it, and he's going to be able to brand Joe Biden in a way that I think will probably make people remember precisely how inept Joe Biden is. Kate, yeah. thanks very much for the call. We've got other yeah. calls holding that I'm Thank unfortunately you. got to get to, but it was great talking to you. I'm going to try to go. Let's see. We've got people holding for a while now, but let's go to TJ in Cleveland. TJ, how are you? Whoops, TJ there? Well, hello? hello. Yes, TJ? Oh, I thought I lost you there. Uh, but this opens up a lot of interesting scenarios. You know, I was reading uh, that, you know, during uh, slavery uh, days there, uh, Cherokee Indian tribes, some of the uh, Cherokee Indians owned land in Georgia, and they actually had slaves on their land. So does that mean the Native Americans are going to have to pay reparations? And then when I look at, like, the vast, vast majority of slave owners back then were of British descent, not European, not Eastern European. Now, if you're an American of British descent, I think you should have to pay considerably more. You know, all the scenarios open up. It, it gets interesting. Well, it, it really does, TJ. I mean, I've been on this for a while, talking about it for the last 20 years. Can't believe, frankly, that somebody running for the presidency would ever propose something like this. But as I said, there is a race among the presidential aspirants in the Democratic Party to show who's the most lunatic. And right now they're all winning. But with respect to reparations, I'll just spend a couple minutes or a couple seconds on it. I'm sure everybody in this listening audience, TJ, has had some of the questions you've just posed, but yours was, was particularly poignant. There are a host of diverse groups that the left just kind of passes by. They just assume that all the slaves and all the depredations were done by, you know, traditional bad white males. But there were at least 3,500 black families that held slaves. There were various Indian tribes that held slaves. There were Africans who held slaves. There's a question as to, well, if you're going to pay reparations, who gets them? I mean, do you start to calibrate on the basis of the depths to which people uh, were were placed in terms of slavery. I mean, Eastern Europeans and many other immigrants, Asians and others, didn't come here until well after the institution of slavery was long gone. And uh, there, how do you do this kind of stuff? What about the hundreds or, frankly, millions of descendants of those soldiers that died trying to end slavery. So the questions go on and on and on and on, not just the amounts, not just the formulas that you you may use, not just the mechanics, but whether or not, given what the United States is all about, frankly, just given cosmic justice, is this morally correct? Is it right? It was a horrible institution, clearly, without precedent, uh, in terms of American history, but slavery was an institution eons, millennia before the United States came around. It continues to be an institution, something that the woke left doesn't talk about, and it mainly is an institution in the Middle East and African nations. But, you know, we don't talk about those things. None of that justifies what happened in the United States of America. But very little can be held as a meaningful justification 
for this lunatic idea. I want to go to Chris in Independence. Chris, are you there? Chris, do I have you? I guess I lost you. Please call back. I am inept at doing this. I am not a pro at this kind of stuff, but I hope that uh, you'll call back soon. Let me see if I can do better with Tracy in Cleveland. Tracy, you there? Hello. I'm here. Yeah, Tracy, what do you have to say? I want to get away from politics just for a second, get away from that kind of talk and talk about a great American film starring a great American conservative actor, Mark Wahlberg. Sure. And his recent movie, Patriot's Day, which covers the Boston Marathon bombing, which is great. But he also is in another great movie, Invincible, which is about... um, guy named Vince, who was a 30-year-old bartender from Philadelphia who tried out for the Eagles and made it and played for two years, which is a true story. And I just love that story, and I think that's a great American story. The underdog works hard and gets what he wants. Well, Tracy, thanks very much for your call and those comments. We're going to be talking about these movies at greater length, I hope, tomorrow. Um, I haven't seen Patriot's Day. I've heard about it. Uh, of course, I've seen a number of other Mark Wahlberg movies, including American Sniper. I'm sorry, strike that. Not American Sniper, but Lone Survivor, which That's is the one. movie account of Marcus Luttrell. If you guys haven't read the book, I urge you to get it. It's remarkable. It's the story of a true American hero uh, in Afghanistan. And uh, there are a whole host of things Mark Wahlberg's been involved in, of course, and you know he's uh, been active in helping veterans organizations, so on and so forth. We're going to go and do a deep dive on conservative movies, books, television shows, the ones that are your favorites tomorrow. But Tracy, thanks very much. We are unfortunately up against it again when we come back. We will address some of the lunatic things that the presidential aspirants on the left have been up to and what they've been proposing. And so this is the Bob France Authority, Pete Kirstenau substituting. And when we come back later, we're going to be talking about those things and take your calls. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning, Cleveland. You're listening to the Bob France Authority. Pete Curse now substituting for Bob France, who made an extraordinary error in judgment in having me co-host or substitute host this show. Thanks very much to engineer extraordinaire Andrew for the great bumper music. We've been talking about a host of matters. We were fortunate to have David Cortman on with us from the Alliance Defending Freedom talking about the Lyceum lawsuit against South Euclid. We've talked a little bit about Joe Biden and all the craziness surrounding the ideas, if you even want to call them that, that have been put forth by the presidential aspirants in the Democratic Party. Everyone is engaged in a massive, crazy rush to the insane left in making proposals. And the newest entrant to this clown car is 
Joe Biden. Again, I await whatever appellation President Trump assigns to him because it's going to be hysterical, no doubt, and it will stick. Hugh Hewitt calls him Slow Joe. Very appropriate because Joe Biden on his own cannot think well on his feet. As I've said before, I've appeared before him and testified before Senate Judiciary Committee. And I remember the first time I appeared before him, I think, I can't be sure of this, but I think the first time was in 2005 during the John Roberts Supreme Court confirmation hearing. I could have appeared prior to that, but I was struck by his, I mean, it was really extraordinary. He didn't get the simplest concepts. So it'll be fun to watch him. It'll be the first time, not the first time he's run for president, but the first time in which he's in a front-runner position, and the media is going to cover for him. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, just like they cover for virtually every Democrat. Maybe not virtually every Democrat out there. That's fine. We're used to it. We get it. But this time, they've never had a challenger like Donald Trump who doesn't stay in the lanes assigned to him by the media, as has virtually every Republican in our lifetime. Love him or hate him, Trump is an original. I'm going to try again, because I am not the most adept at hooking up phone calls, but I really want to get to John in Chardon, who's been holding for quite some time. Let's try this. Hold on with me. Hello, Peter. John, you're there. Thanks for holding. I'm here, yeah. Hey, first I want to say uh, I'm a big Peter Kersenow fan. I appreciate your intelligence, your your articulation, and things you point out that you don't hear anywhere where else. Well, thanks so, so much, John. I appreciate that. I wish you would say you appreciate the fact that I was a real rock'em sock'em great athlete when I was in high school and college, but that would be a big lie, and I know you don't lie. <laughs> well, I heard about that somewhere on a previous program. And maybe it was probably on the Comedy Channel. <laughs> anyway, let's get down to Joe Biden here. I'm looking at an article uh, in the New York Times, uh, September 17th, 1987, uh, uh, where Biden was accused of plagiarism while in his first year of law school at Syracuse University. Right. And officials said, uh, familiar with the situation, said, uh, Biden's record uh, has been, he's been found guilty and threw himself on the mercy of the board and promised never to do it, do it again. And um, so they felt sorry for him, and uh, so they dropped the matter and allowed him to remain in school. He, he should have been a salesman uh, rather than getting into politics. I think he'd have been more successful. But anyway. Yeah, John, I, I tend to agree with you on that because he's trying to sell us a bill of goods and has been doing it for quite some time. As I indicated, he's not all that bright. Hugh Hewitt is, is precisely on point by calling him Slow Joe Biden. But he's also a fraud. I use that term advisedly. Again, I don't like throwing around uh, terms, disparaging terms on people with you know a little bit more latitude when it comes to public figures and people who have authority over us. But Joe Biden is a complete and utter fraud. He tries to portray himself as a man of the people. He's anything but. But more importantly, think about what he did. Some of you may have heard last night or maybe this morning the essence of the direction in which Joe Biden was going to go with his opening announcement that he was entering the presidential race. And he started despicably. 
Um, oh. we'll, we'll try to get back to this. I'm sorry, we're bumping up against the bottom of the hour. We've got to pay the bills here, but we'll resume this discussion at the bottom and when we come back from the break at the end of this particular segment. John, thanks so much for holding on. Those of you who are holding, please continue to hold. We'll get to your calls as soon as possible. Thanks very much. Buy you furniture for your house. I may be a nice Chesterfield or an ottoman. But if I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, I'd buy- News, opinion, insight. This is AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Cleveland. This is the Bob France Authority. Pete Kersnell substituting for Bob France. We've had a number of callers holding. I want to get to it as soon as we possibly can. We've been talking about a whole host of things. We are fortunate to have David Cortman on in the last hour talking about the Alliance Defending Freedom and the lawsuit by Lyceum against South Euclid preserving our religious freedoms. Joe Biden has been the big topic of the morning. We haven't had really an opportunity to get to too many other topics, and that's great because Joe Biden is announcing that he's throwing his hat, which may be uh, populated with more brain cells than his cranium, into the presidential ring. We've got callers holding. You want to talk about that? I know that Joe and Brantnall has been holding for quite some time, so I hope I can do this again. I'm not an engineer. Well, I'll but tell you what. If you want, hi, listen, Peter. Uh, love your support for the Browns, the Cavs, the Indians. Uh, but listen, i got to disagree with you here. I think Joe Biden, if you want to compare brain cells between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, we can have that battle anyway. If you want to per, per, compare moral character between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, we can have that, that battle any day, and we'll win hands down. Let's have that battle, but also let's have, okay, a, more, right let's have a more important battle, the battle wow. of policies. Right now, Joe Biden mm-hmm. was vice president in a regime that had eight years in which to improve mm-hmm. the American economy, in which and to fight our enemies overseas. Instead, he groveled to our enemies overseas. ISIS grew up because of his failure to remain troops in the Middle East, as everyone said he should. He gave billions upon billions of dollars to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism and the avowed enemy of Israel and the United States, which John Kerry himself had to admit helped Iran fund the Republican Guard and their terrorist activities overseas. When when Barack Obama and Joe Biden had control over the United States economy, wages remained flat. GDP was flat. There was hardly any increase in economic activities. And remember the jobs that he said were never, ever coming back. When Donald Trump appeared on the scene, they came back in spades. Let's take a look at our unemployment rates, which have reached... 50-year historic lows, but more importantly than that, not just 50-year historic lows overall, but among blacks, it's been the lowest in history. Among Hispanics, the lowest in history. Among Asians, the lowest in history. We have got the most humming economy in the last 100 years. So, from, from that perspective, from that perspective, Joe, I'm happy to have that debate. So, let's just say, for the purpose of argument, let's just... Joe, let's just say for the purpose of argument, Joe. The unemployment 
rate was 4.8% when he left. It was 7.8%, and the subprime, it went up to 10.8%. African-American unemployment rate was over 16% during his presidency. He got it down to 7 Yes, Trump has brought it down to 6 something. Got it. But you've got to talk about context. I do this all the time when I talk to people. This is what you guys do. You make up this stuff. There were more we make up the stuff. quarters under MSNBC Obama doesn't, I guess. than under, and I'm telling the truth now, and on my mother's grave. Will you say that on your mother's grave? Oh, that, you look, I tell the truth. Well, I want to ask. Let me tell you something, Joe. Let me tell you yeah. something, Joe. The facts that you have to. are pr- promoted and, and propagated by very, very biased sources. Go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Go right That's to right. the source, which I, which I do. No, 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 no. Understand something, Joe. Understand something, Joe, very clearly. Those percentages yeah. you just described were based on a labor participation rate, which was at historic lows. Sure, the, the unemployment rate came down, but only because fewer people were looking for work. No, there are no, millions no, more people right now. Sorry, you Joe. Really Sorry, Joe. There were millions more people out of the workforce during the Obama regime. They are now flooding back into the workforce in droves. We have the lowest unemployment rate among blacks, Hispanics, Asians, 50-year low for women. It's an extraordinary economy. For eight years, we were told, well, you know, we can't really do much better. We have done much better under Donald Trump, and just because the MSNBCs, the CNNs, the NBCs, the CBSs, the ABCs, the Washington Post, the New York Times, and all of these fraudulent sources don't report about it doesn't mean it didn't happen. As the old saying goes, if a tree falls in the forest but there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? Trump has been making big sounds and they are big even if the media fails to report them. Thanks very much for your call. Let's go to Alex in Cleveland. Alex, are you there? Yes, Peter. Uh, I met you at Landerhaven. Remember, we were the last guys you talked to and we kept you from going I do. Home? I do. And Bob okay. France was there, too. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I have a suggestion for Trump, what he should call Biden. Uh, Joe the Schmo. <laughs> you know, I think that there's a, an entire cohort of people of a certain age that would really appreciate that. He is a schmo. There's so many things that Trump could call Biden. I'm not even sure where he even begins. One of the things that interests me about Joe Biden, all these things will come out in the due course, even though the media is going to do their best to try to suppress them because they have, as we've seen quite blatantly, an overarching agenda to make sure that under no circumstances does Donald Trump win because he's so horrible for America, you see. He is so awful for America. Despite all the stats I've just listed, we can list a number of other stats, MSNBC and the rest will never listen to these kinds of things. They won't report them, and because they don't report them purportedly, they don't exist. But the fact is, Joe Biden has lied on a regular basis. The thing that strikes me is, in his announcement, this is what he did. He tried to say that Donald Trump was a racist. This is a meme that has gone on, and when you ask people what specifically has Donald Trump done or said that makes him a racist? And it really comes down to the incident in Charlottesville. You may remember that in Charlottesville there was a march there um, by uh, certain individuals, 
It yes. was instigated because there was this controversy and a continuing controversy about the removal of certain historical statues, particularly those related to the Confederacy. And you know what? You can have an honest debate about whether those statues are removed. I'm of the view that we shouldn't try to parrot or mimic the Taliban, which removes ancient statues because they offend them. I think it's part of our history. We have good and bad in our history. As the left constantly reminds us about the bad, but they should be there because we've seen throughout history, which is not taught too much a whole, a whole lot these days in any of our institutions, that when you forget history, you are condemned to repeat it. But more importantly, look at totalitarian regimes when they come into power. Stalin, Mao, they do things like in the Cultural Revolution, uh, they will topple statutes, they will erase people from photographs to make sure as if they are non-persons who never existed. We don't want that in the United States of America. And what Trump said, he was not praising. He said there are good people on both sides of the issue. The left falsely and maliciously tried to say there were good people who were part of the march that resulted in Heather Heyer's death. That is a calumny. That is false. It's despicable. But it's continued to be repeated. Look at the transcript. What Trump was referring to was people debating the historical merits of maintaining statutes or other relics, regardless of whether or not we approve of them today, because it's part of the historical record. He was talking about there are good people on both sides of that debate, but of course they don't tell you that. And in his announcement, that's what Joe Biden leads with. That tells you all you need to know, or at least some of what you need to know. Let's be fair. Some of what you need to know about Joe Biden. But remember this. He will be a formidable candidate for at least a while until he becomes Joe Schmo, as Alex indicated. Alex, thanks very much for your call. We've got a number of people holding. I want to go to Tom in Cleveland. Tom, you there? I am. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, Mr. Kirsten, I was uh, puzzled by what seemed to me to be an amazingly brazen uh, lecture by Hillary Clinton yesterday on the subject of uh, obstruction of justice, uh, given uh, her uh, recent history. And I, in thinking about it, I wonder if it signals uh, a continued all-out assault on uh, President Trump in order to try to get through to the 2020 uh, elections and thereby, uh, hopefully, in from her point, elect uh, a Democrat and continue to and thus to continue to sweep all of uh, her transgressions under the rug. So, I guess my question for you is: What do you think the chances are that um, uh, Ms. Clinton? Comey, Clapper, Brennan, and so forth, and, and other, uh, other such persons may be brought to justice or indicted at least uh, prior to uh, the next election. Yeah, thanks very much for the call, Tom. That was a good question, and it's difficult to prognosticate, except for this. I will say this as a caveat. In the past, I would have said no chance that they would have been brought to justice. But we're in a different era now. We're the era of Donald Trump. He doesn't operate by the normal rules. He doesn't operate by the typical conventional rules of the Republican Party where, as I said before, they dutifully stayed within the lanes that the Democratic Party and the media, but I repeat myself, create for them. Donald Trump doesn't do it. He fights back. And this is something that this was, many people believe, an attempted coup. 
I happen to believe, regardless of whether or not you want to call it a coup or any other type of appellation, that this was the biggest scandal in American political history, or at least the political history of the United States for the last 100 years, since the Civil War at least. This is something that merits a complete examination and have people answer for things that are inexplicable other than crimes were committed. You mentioned, Tom, some of the people who were complicit, and it's extraordinary that of all people, Hillary Clinton would say something like she did yesterday about the fact that, well, Donald Trump, if you look closely at the Mueller report, my goodness, what he did was something that was was despicable, was crimes. This is the person who originated all of the things we've been investigating for the last two and a half years. She was the person on whose behalf the Comeys and the Strucks and the Pages and, and the Lynches and the Rices and on and on and on were working for and in, were trying to ensure that she won the election. If she didn't win the election, there would be an insurance policy to take down Donald Trump. But throughout, everybody in the listening audience, I would encourage you to remind yourselves and also remind your elected representatives that there's always, very curiously, one name missing from the debate. And that's Barack Obama. All of us in the listening audience, I know Tom knows this, there is absolutely no way in the world that something like the entire Russia endeavor on the part of the FBI and the Justice Department would have occurred. The placing of spies in the Trump campaign without the approval from the very, very, very top the director of the FBI, the director of the CIA, the DNI, none of these individuals would have taken the smallest steps in doing this unless it got authority from the very top. Impossible. And thanks to Page and Strzok, we have text messages showing just that. Remember, on September 15th of 2016, the text message that said, the White House is running this. And the other text message that says, from Struck to Page, uh, the White House wants to know everything we're doing. This goes right to the top. The unmaskings, the vast number of unmaskings. And also remember the meeting that occurred on inauguration, well, strike that, two weeks before the inauguration among Obama, Biden, Rice, and others, in which later, to paper the file, Rice writes an email to herself minutes after the inauguration saying that the president said, do everything by the book. Extraordinary. Tom, thanks very much for your call. Do we have time to go to Lenny? I don't think so. Not right now. Lenny, if you can please hold on. I apologize. You've been on for a while, but we got to pay the bills. We're going to a break. And when we come back, if Lenny still has the, 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 um, Endurance to hold on. We'll get to him. I know he has a nickname for for uh, uh, Joe Biden. We really want to hear from it. Bob France here on AM 1420. The answer. Pete Kersnow, 
sitting in for Bob France, and we only have a few more minutes, although we've got calls holding, and I, I, try, I will try to get to them as soon as I possibly can. But before I do, I wanted to thank, among other people, Marcy, our call screener, Andrew, the engineer extraordinaire, and the big mocker, Josh, for helping me do this program, without whose assistance this would be a total debacle. It's a partial debacle right now. I'm kind of pleased with myself at limiting the damage. We've been talking about a whole manner of issues. Tomorrow I'll be back, and what I wanted to do as Tracy... Uh, started off the ball. Tomorrow I want to talk about some fun things, such as your favorite conservative movies, songs, books, so on and so forth. TV characters, by default, anything that's not avowedly liberal is going to be conservative in our present environment. So let's talk a little bit about that. We can continue to talk about Biden. There's a whole host of things we want to talk about, including the mass fleet of presidential clown cars and their ridiculous ideas. And toward that end, let's talk to Lenny in Highland Heights. Lenny, you there? Yeah, Pete, I got a wonderful advice or a wonderful name for Joe. Since Joe is a real hands on leader, we can Lenny, call did you ever, anybody ever tell you you sound like Dennis Prager? Uh, no. <laughs> Go ahead, Anyhow. Lenny. I'm sorry for interrupting. Anyhow, Joe is a real hands on leader, so we could call him Hands On Joe. <laughs> <laughs> The media is going to have a tough time with that, but we won't. Um, <laughs> Joe is like your creepy uncle, isn't he? But, you know, I, I want to say again, I want to revisit what we were talking about before we had to go to break. There's, frankly, not enough time to cover all these things. But Joe Biden's despicable usage at his announcement, or at least his foray into the presidential field, about trying out that lie, the despicable lie that, Trump is a racist because of the comments made about Charlottesville. I'm hopeful that he has stepped in it. We know that the media is going to try to cover for him on this, but remember throughout, that was a lie. Trump was referring to the debate on the historical perspectives with respect to the statutes, not those folks who were marching and the, the folks that led to the death or the guy who led to the death of Heather Heyer. That's a despicable calumny. And remember, all these folks who now think that Trump is a racist, you can go online and see multiple photos of the Spike Lees and the Jesse Jacksons and the Al Sharptons smiling like crazy in Trump's presence over the course of the last few decades, shaking his hand, giving him awards, all kinds of racial equity awards, and now they've discovered that this individual is a racist. I'm here to tell you, I've, I've met with the president, I've had the privilege of meeting with him a couple of times when he's interviewed me. We've had discussions. I will not go into the substance of the discussions. I would never disclose that. But what I can tell you is that one of his principal concerns was the fate of black folks in the inner cities and how he could increase the employment rate among blacks. Yes, this horrible racist. His principal concern was increasing the employment rate among blacks. And guess what? The lowest unemployment rate among blacks in history. Barack Obama's true unemployment rate among blacks, three to four times more than Donald Trump. More importantly, the policies he instituted were demonstrably harmful, not just to blacks, but to low-skilled workers. Donald Trump will not get credit from that from the mainstream media, from academia, any of our cultural betters, but he deserves the credit for that, regardless of where you stand on the political spectrum. If you like accuracy, if you like truth, that's the truth. Let's go to, I hope we have time, to go to Joe from Lakewood. Joe, you there? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, 
Thanks for taking my call, Peter. My name might be Joe, but I wasn't named after Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just was wondering, uh, you know, George Soros is behind a lot of this stuff that's going on in the country here. I wonder if we can do something about him. Well, you know, um, I will tell you that there are a number of individuals who are putting a lot of money. They're exercising First Amendment rights, and we may disagree with them. Sometimes they're doing things in a way that we really disagree with or we think that are, well, frankly, not very uh, productive and, you know, maybe wrong. Um, I am not in favor of George Soros's policies. Some of those policies, I think, have significant, done significant damage to the country. But he has a First Amendment right to do so. Just as we said at the outset in our discussion with David Cortman from the Alliance Defending Freedom, the, the importance of the First Amendment is not to protect, by the way, speech includes the ability to provide money in furtherance of your political activities, political beliefs. It doesn't exist, the First Amendment, to protect popular speech. It doesn't need protection. It exists to protect speech that is disfavored. That's what it's for. Friends, I see I'm out of time. Joe, thanks for your call. We'll be back tomorrow to have a lot of fun. Call in tomorrow with any topic. We're trying to try to emphasize emphasize the fun of conservative movies, conservative entertainment generally. Pete Kirsten now having the privilege of sitting in for the best radio talk show host not named Rush Limbaugh on the Bob France Authority. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.